This is the Elite Game Developers Podcast, a podcast about the entrepreneurs and investors who are building the games companies of the future. My book, titled Long-Term Game, How to Build a Video Games Company, came out in March 2020. We've just released the audiobook version, and you can find that on Audible and other major online audiobook stores. I want to share with you the first chapter of the book. Hope you enjoy this read from Keith O'Brien. Did you know that we here at Elite Game Developers are providing an online course on fundraising? Pitch Your Games Company, our online course on fundraising, is a tailored experience for gaming entrepreneurs who want to raise funding for their startup. We provide a template pitch deck with an instruction video. We have four hours of video lectures plus three 30-minute one-on-one calls with me, Joachim Okren. Find out more about the course by going to EliteGameDevelopers.com slash pitch. That's EliteGameDevelopers.com slash pitch. Part 1. The Mindset of a Games Entrepreneur I wouldn't have started the company without the three other co-founders being available. We all have the same ambition level and want to do the same thing. I just think that it would have been silly not to do this right now when we are all ready. Robin Squire, co-founder and CEO, Black Block, on the Elite Game Developers Podcast, Episode 4. I've seen several games companies get started during my career as a games entrepreneur. Some companies fail, whereas others become successful and get bought by bigger companies for millions of dollars. The entrepreneurs who failed eventually go on to start new companies, actively expressing themselves as games entrepreneurs as a career choice. Aspirations of a Games Entrepreneur after having several discussions with experienced games entrepreneurs, I've noticed that the core aspirations are very much shared by all of them. Some have developed these aspirations already in their childhood years, whereas others have come to the realization of their desires once they've already been working for someone else, at a games company, for several years or even decades. Two reasons come up as the main drivers for becoming a games entrepreneur – being your own boss, and the adventure of it all. The love for making games is strong in all the games entrepreneurs, but deciding what games to make isn't always possible if you aren't your own boss. Having the possibility to make all the choices in creating the games you want is a key ingredient for a games entrepreneur. The second reason to start a games company of your own is to embark on an adventure. There are lots of thrills and excitement when the company is starting to shape up, with all the parts getting into place. Most importantly, you know what game you're going to make, and you think you know how you will make the game successful. The common word for a company in the English language is venture. Based on Merriam-Webster, the noun venture is defined as an undertaking involving chance, risk, or danger. As a verb, the word venture is described as a brave activity, to proceed especially in the face of danger. 
The word originates from the Middle English word venturin, to occur by chance, exposed to risk, take a chance. Synonyms of venture are adventure, chance, gamble, on, hazard, risk, tempt. The synonym risk especially comes up in discussions as something that is perceived as surmountable. Where others have failed, the entrepreneur will be successful against all odds. What actually happens? There are many skills that the entrepreneur's aspirations do count for. These skills will start developing as you come into the game's entrepreneur realm and start figuring out how things work and how you might build a sustainable games business. These skills are often tough to learn and can clash with the interests of making fun games that you always wanted and being your own boss. This is a good thing. You will want to gain these skills as they will make you a more able games entrepreneur. You will become a leader. This skill will develop constantly as you bring on more people to work on your games. The entrepreneur will need to lead people and communicate what the company's mission is, what it's trying to achieve. Talking things through, encouraging interaction with your artists, coders, and all other co-workers will strengthen their bond with the company and its mission. You will become a recruiter. The game's entrepreneur should always be looking for the best people to work on their games. The best person who is aligned with the company's mission will significantly increase the company's value. You probably will experience the situation of running out of cash. Making things happen usually costs money. So, in order to have enough working capital, you should start by trying to work without a salary for as long as possible. To scale up the venture, you will look for financing options. If you know that you can get money from a publisher or an investor, you should take it. Eventually, that money will run out, and those moments of zero cash in the bank account will strengthen your abilities to coordinate your finances better and organize things better for the future. Qualities that make a games entrepreneur's work easier. Leading Silicon Valley investor Keith Rabois points out in a Quora post that his assessments of the best qualities in an entrepreneur are when high intelligence meets extraordinary tenacity. I believe this is totally true. I will break down what Keith means and how that applies to games entrepreneurs. High intelligence. To be a high intelligence founder, you have to be consciously aware that there is a lot you don't understand. You can clearly articulate the boundaries of your competence so that you can recruit people who compensate for the things that you only know in a shallow manner, meaning that your knowledge is not enough to actively and successfully operate in that region. A high-intelligence founder of a games company might be fluent in marketing and have the skills to plan and execute marketing, but when it comes to discussing the next game they should build, the founder will leave the work to their co-founders or subordinates who have the right skills to make the right decisions. To be effective, you need to allow yourself to change your mind when new information becomes available. I've always looked up to Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger on how they operate in life and in business. A quote from Munger, We all are learning, modifying, or destroying ideas all the time. Rapid destruction of your ideas when the time is right is one of the most valuable qualities you can acquire. You must force yourself to consider arguments on the other side. 
The constant learning process is important, and you should be challenging your assumptions as you progress and develop yourself through the learning. When free-to-play games became the driving revenue generator for the games industry in the early 2010s, game industry veterans who had only worked on premium games had a hard time acknowledging this change. However, the high-intelligence games entrepreneur would set out to embrace the change and adapt. The smart ones placed in-app purchases and video ads into their games and made them free to download and install. The business models will always be in flux as new technology becomes available, and the high-intelligence individual is looking out for the change to capture the opportunity. Extraordinary Tenacity You think in small steps, in the long term. As I write this book, my goal is to produce at least 1,000 words a day. After this book, I will create more books and online courses to share my knowledge. I will turn this first chapter into a free ebook, and then make money from the full book. This chapter is my game opener. Small steps for me is the process of producing those thousand words a day. Long term is that I will have several products out within a few years. For a games company, operating in an industry that is often characterized as a hit-driven business, producing small games in succession for several years might not yield a hit game that makes millions overnight. But each game can become a revenue-producing engine for the company. The revenue for a game might only be from $1,000 to $10,000 a month, but each new game that you put out will be a small step in a long-term plan. Having 10 games out, with each producing an average of $5,000 a month, will accumulate over half a million dollars in annual revenue. Discipline is crucial, not only in business, but also in life. Successful entrepreneurs have discipline to keep their heads down and not care too much about what other people are doing. Executing a plan with patience is critical in the game's business. The game won't be making money unless it gets into the hands of the players. Being open-minded and willing to persist, to learn from failures, will go a long way in securing success in the future. In most cases, games companies won't realize if a game is going to be successful until they can get it into the hands of the players. In several cases, the game won't find product or market fit, and it will be a tough call to postpone the launch of the game or even cancel the game altogether. It's a long-term game. The one idea that I always think about is that if I just started my games entrepreneur career earlier, and not when I was already 27 years old, I would have gained so much experience and knowledge earlier, and I would have been better off earlier in my life. Nevertheless, how young I was or how old I am now, getting into the first-hand experiences has been a great gain for me. If you feel that you have the entrepreneurial bug, your path could start today. Lots of people who aspire to become entrepreneurs will find it difficult to leave the safety of the monthly paycheck with full benefits. Well, guess what? I suppose that the earlier you start, the less of a security you will be leaving behind. In your 20s, you could have a 9-to-5 job with low income. In your 30s, the size of your paycheck will increase, and you'll start getting more benefits from a senior position. Over time, it gets more and more daunting to leave it behind and jump into the abyss of having your own company.
I started my career in games entrepreneurship by believing that mobile would become as big as a games platform. This was back in 2004, and it was still years before the iPhone came out, let alone the App Store and in-app payments, which only hit mainstream in 2012. The only advice I would have given my younger self as a first-time games entrepreneur would have been to stick to mobile, to play the long-term game. Instead, I looked at what other people were doing and pivoted my first games company to desktop browser games in 2007, when we were going nowhere with the mobile games market. Start today. An obvious first step in an entrepreneur's career path would be to start a business where you produce and sell something. But the game industry is very complex, and it can be beneficial to take a path of working for another games company first, to gain the required skills and network to launch a company of your own one day. There are several successful games entrepreneurs that started their first companies without prior industry knowledge. The companies that they launched were usually on a new platform or representing a new game genre, which didn't previously exist. An example of this, Niantic Labs, which was a spin-off from Google, with founder John Henke having zero gaming experience prior to the project. Also, another example, are the first mobile games entrepreneurs. When the pre-smartphone mobile games started appearing on sale alongside ringtones, many of the founders didn't have prior gaming experience. What starting today would look like. Let's do a breakdown of a possible games entrepreneur's career into two-year chunks. Point. Years one and two, where you work in the games industry, first in an existing company. Point. Relocate to a city where you can apply to a mid-sized games company. Point. Start as an intern. In the next two years there, you should be able to gain a promotion to junior and possibly staff level. Point. Experience. Observe what management is doing. How are decisions made and what are the consequences? Read books and link the knowledge from the books back to what you observe at work. Point. Network. As the company is mid-sized, over 50 people, you gain a network of people. Seek out co-workers who also have the entrepreneurial bug and form relationships with them. Attend local meetups. Point. Years three and four, where you start your first company. Point. Launch your first games company. Point. Have a team that can produce a game. There is no upper limit, just make sure you can keep the group together. Point. Pick the right game idea to go after. Point. Learn like crazy. There will be failures. It's important that you are learning from the failures. Seek out a coach who can help in running a company. Continue reading books on leadership. Point. Years four and five. Point. First evaluate what you need to change in the company, then change. Point. Continue learning. Part of the entrepreneur's career is to be constantly going up the knowledge and confidence ladder. You know what to do and how to make the right decision in different circumstances. What kind of a company do you want to have? First off, let's examine what you'd want to pull off with your company. This is a very personal question, and it requires you to think. 
The question to ask here is, if your company would build successful games, what is your desired size for your company in five years? With size, we talk about games launched, employee count, and revenue per year. If you would draw a graph with the x-axis being year one to year five, and the y-axis being the desired size, how would the curve of the line look? This is an interesting exercise, since it shows how much you want to grow and where you are growing. You could draw a linear line from the start of year one to the end of year five, which would mean that you are planning to grow constantly, hiring every month and increasing your revenues every month. You could plot an S-curve, which means you are betting on your games to take off after a few years of practice and propel you to success. Ambition Level Lots of times, the entrepreneur sets off to start a company without examining a clear definition for their ambition level for the company. Merriam-Webster defines ambition as a desire to achieve a particular end, but also as an ardent desire for rank, fame, or power, where ardent means very enthusiastic or passionate. I believe that the ambition level of the entrepreneur when starting a new company is the most important factor to determine. It helps the entrepreneur to place the company in the right context of what is needed, how things should be planned, and how you're going to build the company. I've often seen new entrepreneurs approach the start differently. Instead of determining the ambition level, new entrepreneurs approach games company building in a way that they just want to have their own company, be their own boss, and build the game of their dreams. That is fine, and as the goal of this book is that you start your own games company. But it is imperative for success to happen that you determine what level you want to achieve, so that you know what steps to take to achieve that level. For a concrete first step, most games entrepreneurs I've talked to have started their first company by building a game, based on an idea they've had for a long time. They don't think about how the company will develop in the long term of 5 to 10 years, let alone the next games they will be making after the first one, as all their focus is on building that one game. If the new entrepreneur pursues this mindset of the one game that will bring success for their company, they should realize that the game might not attract enough players to make money, and as a consequence, they might have a company that isn't making any money. One way to figure out your ambition level is to think about how big you'd want your company to become. Is there a ceiling of growth you'd want to achieve? One important factor to the ambition level is the kind of growth culture you want to create in the company. It could mean that you want to grow to a certain size and then stop executing aggressively and slow down the pace of growth. Adapting to an ambition level. Regardless of your ambition level, if you want to see your company operate and be successful, you will need to build a company. The building aspect will start by adapting to your desired ambition level. Grow slowly versus grow fast. It doesn't have to be crazy at work. Or you can go a bit crazy and hire lots of people to get several games out quickly. Both approaches are viable, and if executed wisely, will yield impressive results. You should plan the growth in milestones and change the plan if milestones aren't met. 
If you see that things are looking good and you're achieving positive results, you can tune the growth dial and take on more growth in the following milestone. You will want to hire based on the ambition level. In a passionate and creative industry like the games industry, you'll need to ask your hires these important questions to have an alignment with the growth mindset. If you join a new games company, describe your ideal games company in five years from its creation. If the company would look like number of employees, it would be number of games launched and would have certain dollars in revenues. In five years from now, would you still want to join? The latter should be tailored to the ambition level you have. Already early on, you need to find alignment with the company and its employees to build a successful company. The ambition level will expose you to certain risk-taking and stress levels. There will be uncertainty, and problems may occur when you are growing a company. Like how devastated will your team be with the possibility of postponing their salary for a long period of time if money is running out? Is free time more valued than putting time into building games? There can be several alignment issues that can come up later if the commitment level isn't shared by everyone in the company. It may be that none of you are willing to take on the risk and stress. Independence and control of the company. In startups, the possibility to go out and raise money from investors is always tempting. For the money, the entrepreneur will need to give out a part of the ownership in the company to the investors. The more money the entrepreneur raises, the more control they will need to give over to the investors. The optional route is to stay independent and never take money from investors. Several companies have achieved this by bootstrapping, where the company relies on other income, like consultancy work until its own games start generating enough revenues to afford real salaries and other expenses. Do I hear it should stay small? Keeping the company small intentionally will help you keep control over things and help you shape the company in more granular ways. Keeping things intentionally small will help the company to attract people who are specifically looking for a small company. For a first-time entrepreneur... It's quite hard to build a big company. You could look at it differently, that you just grow for a while and then stop. There are lots of companies that would say that we'll grow to 20 employees and then stop growing. Do I hear it needs to become big? Thinking big is a concept that can attract people. Having an idea for a game that has never been heard of can be a big driver for attracting talented people and investors to the company. The team's alignment becomes more critical. As risks start to compound and more planning is needed, many things can go right, but many things can go wrong. Most games companies start off with two or three people as founders of the company, their main challenge will be to grow to the point where they feel comfortable enough to hire their first employee. The biggest benefit of hiring the first employee is that it gives the founders an extra pair of hands to build the company. Let's not get gloomy. The fact that you want to start a games company is great. Maybe you want it to become one of the biggest games companies in the world. And that's an awesome goal. Now let's look at the skills you'll need to pull off something big. Knowledge. 
Now we'll go through a few of the main areas that founding teams need to have insights in for building the game's company of their dreams. Seller and Builder Mindset At a minimum, the new game's company needs to have a founder or founders who have the seller and builder mindset. The better the founders are at these, the more powerful they will be. A builder is a person who can take an idea and start executing on the idea. They can be a programmer, a designer, or a general creator of games. The builder won't care what others say, especially if they say that the idea is impossible. The builder will decide it is possible and they will do it, no matter how hard it is. A seller is a person who can sell an idea to hires, to investors, and to the players. Building and communicating a brand is something that the seller will excel at. It can also be as simple as, the builder builds the game and the seller sells the game. Financing Basics It's important to pay attention to how much money the company has in the bank and how quickly it is being spent. In startup terms, this is known as the runway, pointing out how much time the company has before the money runs out. Once you have some income, you can start looking at it in a different way where your spend is equal to the money you are generating during the same period. Prior Industry Experience All the skills and experience you have from previous games companies will help you to do well with your game startup. You'll pick up so much from working in the games industry before starting a games company. This includes connections to the people in the industry who you can hire to work in your company. Just remember that a small games company isn't a smaller version of a big games company. Risks at this stage and contingency plans. What are the reasons that games companies fail? The reasons are very similar to any new company, with some exceptions. Let's cover the obvious reasons that will cause your games company to fail. Marketing. Your company finishes the game and then puts it out. Apple and Google feature it on the App Store and Google Play, and there are thousands of players downloading the game. In a few weeks, you notice that the daily download count is going down. You're left dumbfounded on why people aren't downloading the game. First-time founders need to understand the basics of marketing their game, as it is crucial to have a continued pipeline of new players coming in as old players eventually leave. Marketing Contingency Plan Before you get too far in developing the game, you need to do your homework on marketing software in the app stores and on the platforms your game will be on. Figure out Facebook and Google advertising, and most importantly, how to get a return on the marketing investment so that you are making more money from the new downloads than you are paying, and test your game for a long time before going out with a bang. Running out of money, we talked about the concept of the runway earlier. In all the excitement of starting a games company, there might not be the discipline to understand all the costs, which can lead to high costs and the need to chase for new funding to keep the company going, the worst part is that it will be time spent away from working on the games and building the company. Running out of money. Contingency plan. When you have money, it should be actively managed to see when it is running out and what can be done about it. Months before it happens, preferably six months or earlier. 
Know your options for getting additional funding, so that you can go after them in a controlled manner. When starting off, it's important to make the most out of the money you have, to have an idea in mind that all the money you have is an investment, and that you'll need to get a return on all the money that is spent. Timing. Through my journey as a first-time entrepreneur, I had the idea of making a virtual world MMO game on mobile phones. I knew that mobile phones would become a huge gaming platform once the technology caught up. The only issue for me was not knowing that the timing was very much off by several years and that it would take more than five years for mobile phones to be capable of the requirements that my game idea had. Timing, the contingency plan. Is the technology ready for what you're building? And is there a market of games there, waiting for your game? Can you test that out before you commit to building the full game? If you believe that the technology is there, then the next question is to identify that the players are there and they are willing to download your game. This can be done by building a prototype and testing it with actual players. Commitment. Starting a new business is a hard job and it can get very difficult in so many ways. Lots of games companies lose founding team members very early when they figure out that it wasn't for them. Commitment Contingency Plan Make sure that you are 100% committed to seeing through your company's path to launching its first game and making it a stable business. That is the goal of the first-time founder and all of their co-founders. Discuss and find the alignment. Key Concepts and Takeaways The Mindset of a Games Entrepreneur Aspirations of the Games Entrepreneur you want to be your own boss and create your own games. What actually happens? A lot of hard work goes into building a company, including the need to recruit and lead people and handle all the financial risks involved. Qualities that make a game's entrepreneur's work easier. High intelligence. You want to learn things and you are willing to kill your older ideas when they don't make sense anymore. Extraordinary tenacity. No success will happen right away. Build things slowly and with hard work, patience, and discipline. And in five or ten years, there will be success. It's a long-term game. To have a chance, you will need to leave the safety of the paycheck behind. What starting today would look like. If you don't have game industry experience, it makes sense to get some experience in a games company before starting your own company, go up the knowledge and confidence ladder. Ambition level. To understand what you should be going after, you need to measure your ambition level. Look at other existing games companies for inspiration. Which one would you want your company to be in five years? Adapting to the ambition level. Plan your company around the ambition level. Hire people who are aligned with the ambition level be it small or big. Growing big might require you to give up some control in the company to investors. Knowledge. Know your builder or seller mindset. Understand the financial basics of a startup. And a big plus is to have prior industry experience. Risks. 
Marketing risks can be mitigated by the entrepreneur if they figure out how marketing works for games in 2019 and build games that can be effectively marketed. Running out of money risk can be mitigated by having a plan for running out of money, how to survive if the games aren't profitable, timing risk when technology isn't getting adapted by players, test early to understand if the game will be enjoyed by enough players to pay the bills, commitment risk arises when people, both on the founding team and early employees, aren't aligned with the ambition level of the company. That's it for this week's episode. If you like our content, please do hit subscribe or follow on your podcasting app. And also sign up for our mailing list. You'll get our Friday newsletter, which contains something super interesting for people who are interested in founding games companies. Check it out and sign up on EliteGameDevelopers.com. See you next time. Bye-bye.